and welcome to Veterans to Success. Boy, have we got a great guest uh, for you today. It's James Officer, who, who is the director of C ECS Textiles. And uh, we're just going to explore things. So, James, just uh, first of all, to thank you so much for being here and joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I can see in your office that you are extremely busy, so it's really great to have you with us today. So, so James, just tell, tell me a little bit about yourself to get us going. Yeah, you're, well, you're welcome, first of all, and thank you for inviting me on the podcast to give a chance to speak. I really appreciate that. Um, we are always very busy here. Our goal is uh, being able to generate as much um, funds as possible for great charities like your own, and things are always busy here. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I, I forgot to mention, actually, uh, whereabouts in the country you're from. Maybe people who've got a good idea of accents recognise that you're from the northeast. So whereabouts are you based in the UK, James? We are. We're based in North Shields, which is uh, just to the east of Newcastle-upon-Tyne, uh, right on the coast, uh, right far up in the, in the north regions of the country. That's brilliant. Thank you. That's that's absolutely fantastic. So what I'd like to do to start with is, just, you know, um, you're a director at ECS and we've yes. known each other for quite some time. And you you work with uh, the co-director and owner of ECS, Eli Salaitis, uh, who's a great, a great guy. And I know how passionate you are about supporting Transformation for Veterans, the charity I'm involved with. And also, I, I know the conditions that you uh, give to your staff. It's absolutely brilliant. And I've been up there and given personal chats, and they'll be coming up again sometime this year. So what made you choose ECS? And tell me what your journey was before ECS. Absolutely. Well, um, from the beginning, um, obviously, there was a lot of work experience that I sort of moved around. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do in a, in a professional career because I originally started out um, as my goal being a professional basketball player. I did reach that goal, but it didn't go on as long as I would have hoped or dreamed as that when, when you're a boy um, due to me body letting me down <laughs> with some injuries. Right. So when you move away from that and you move into um, you know a, a professional career, uh, I'd worked in banking. I'd worked in insurance uh, and then I'd moved into education and I was supporting working in education, which was to um, move apprenticeships uh, forward for the for the for the region. And what I mean by that is, is by increasing the awareness, increasing the take up by businesses um, to hire apprentices and also find those apprentices to, to place into positions. So it was a very, very wide ranging role. And then I'd reached a time where I thought, I'm working for a, a, a private business who is putting themselves before the education of others, uh, which is about, it's about money. It's about money is what yeah. it's about. Uh, and I thought this isn't the industry I really want to be in. So I, I'd known Eli for, for a long time and it came about, he knows me, he knows what I'm about. Um, and obviously very passionate, very driven. And we'd had a conversation and a position became available with ECS. And it just started by a conversation, coming into the office, seeing um, how everything works, seeing how funds, recycled clothes are, are generated as an income for charity. And that hooked me straight away. It hooked me straight away. And I loved it. And I started working with ECS straight away. 
started out only a small role, wasn't made director straight away, um, started out uh, as a small role to build awareness about the product, build awareness, and then it grew and grew and got bigger. And then uh, Eli asked me, you know, one day, would you like to be a director at ECS? And I was more than happy to take his hand off to do it and, and, and support him because he is so passionate. He's so driven. Um, he's so focused on being the best that he can for the charity. I can assure you when we're speaking with customers, you know, when we're really dealing the nitty gritty, his focus is what is best for the charity. And from the outside view, the public, there, there is a, a, a dim view on businesses like ourselves. There are people out there who've expo- who have exploited it for their own personal gain. And uh, with Eli, his passion is the charity and not to do that. So I can, uh, um, that's my um, role model in this industry to, to follow uh, is him. And, and here we are moving forward together. That's absolutely brilliant. And, and you know, I can see in, in the background, and if you're listening to the podcast uh, audio only, uh, maybe sometime you can tune in on the YouTube channel. But behind you, you've got that James 23, and it looks like a yes. basketball uh, vest. And, and I suppose that's your pride and joy, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And that was actually a, 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 this side. This was actually a birthday present um, from the staff. So... Oh. We make a very big fuss of everyone here when it's their birthday. Um, the morale within the business is really high. Um, it's not. It's not an easy job. You've seen how you know for yourself what it's like. It's not easy work. So yeah. we make the best of the small moments, and um, that was my gift actually last birthday from the staff. And I really appreciate. It. I loved it, and I said, oh, you know what, I want to. I want to put that in the office. I want to see it every day. And, uh, and there it is. Obviously, there's the files this side, the files that we've got. We've got the map on the other side. Yeah. Things are going, and it is genuinely a working office. You can't see the desk because it's laid, laced with paper. But it's it's busy, uh, but it's productive. And obviously, it, br- it brings big, great benefit to, to your charity as well. Great. Thank you. Um, so, you know, when you've been on your journey from, from joining ECS, when you, as you said yourself it started as a small role uh, and then you saw how it helped charities because by the way guys uh, you're listening right i can say that uh, the, the relationship between transformation for veterans and myself is the fact that we're helping veterans and their loved ones uh, transition from the mili- from the military uh, even though they're a veteran and they've left the military sometimes the transition continues for some years afterwards, where they still find it difficult to to socialise and blend in with civilian streets. So we the, the charity transformation for veterans helps them do that, and we've got um, they've got a massive project to build some lodges, which I know ECS support. And how we got involved with ECS, it was Eli at first, and then James being introduced to you, and and it's a great relationship, good working relationship. And and what, now that you've actually been with ECS for some time, what what have you dealt with challenges like failure? Because uh, I know success, which we'll talk about in a minute, because that's always great. But let's have a look at failure, because I don't know about you, but when you're looking at LinkedIn or any social media, there's everybody's photoshopped, everybody's 
looking great and everything's going great and they can 10 times your income. And yet, that's not always as it is, is it? No, it's not. And I think with, with social media like that, people show what they want you to see, not the reality behind it. You know, they could be all glammed up, looking amazing, but they're stood on a on a, on a, on a cliff edge, you know, and yeah. about to fall. And you don't see that cliff edge. You only see what they want you to see. So um, with failure-wise, with regards to ECS, we post uh, and distribute plastic bags, you know, and it's not uh, a method of collecting we want to do forever, but it, it does bring in a revenue for the charity. So a failure, which I'm happy to admit and, and learn from, was that we thought, how can we move away from plastic? So what we thought about was a, a leaflet instead, you know, it's recycled paper, it's 100% recyclable. Um, you would peel this label, this, this leaflet, and you would stick it on a bag you already own, which has already been manufactured, or a box, or anything else, really. And you would put it outside on your collection day with the same information that the that the bag would have. And we printed, we, we tested it we were in a small area with a small number of leaflets, and it went okay. So we said, this is fantastic. We can get rid of plastic bags. We can just use this leaflet. We partnered with the Royal Mail to deliver it for us, so we could use their logo on on the royal on the leaflet as well. So we had transformation for veterans. We had ECS Texas, and we had Royal Mail thinking this stamp of approval is going to really support, uh, help people in trust in the product. And it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. I think there was maybe too much in hindsight, maybe too much information on the leaflet. We tried to include. We tried to pack everything in there because everyone who receives it we were posting you know 20,000 a day of these leaflets everyone is going to be different everyone wants to know a little bit different information and i think we try to cater to everybody and try and put everything on this mm. leaflet images of you some background of the of the uh, charity why we're doing this the greener uh, uh, way forward of it and it didn't work um, <laughs> And by the way, by the way, right, you're brushing over this like it didn't work. What sort of pain did that involve? Oh, painstaking hours and hours and hours of design. We, from from the size of the leaflet, the design of it, the colour of it, the texture of it, the stickiness of it, the, the cutty label. That, oh, honestly, Joel, it was painstaking and hours and hours of hard work went into this product. And I know we had many a conversation as well, wanting yeah. to get it right and testing yeah. it. And, and I know, and, and the financial pain must have been significant because if you're posting out 20,000 a day, that doesn't come free. No, it doesn't. Uh, we did have a, um, a discounted rate with Royal Mail. We had a good service with them, but even deliver, we had to deliver the boxes to them. To, um, to post. I was driving uh, obviously down to Warrington, which is our northern hub. Like everything was a battle and we really were so passionate to make it to work. And maybe we still have the ones that didn't work. We They haven't been thrown away. They are in storage. Maybe we'll revisit again in a couple of years. You know, they can be reused. It's just maybe the public are not ready for it right now. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but 
for some reason it just didn't work and the response rate for um getting you know donations back off the back of the leaflet were, were weren't worth it was costing more to go out than it was yeah. to 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 um to to pick up now the way we were able to invest in that was um through from the back of the charity now everything we do financial wise because we are a limited company and people always wonder you know what are you doing with this money you're just benefiting from charity we reinvest back into products and services to benefit charities this was a product we invested in we were so passionate about it and, and admittedly you know hands on our, our hands up it, it failed but we reinvested the money back into into the uh, product so unfortunately as for now that is a fail uh, yeah, well, and thank you for sharing that. So with that, now I know that failure does have a price and often the price is the lesson. Yes. The lessons that you learn. Yes. Uh, and so moving on to what's your greatest success, let's have a, uh, let's have a look at that and, and examine how you use that as a springboard the failure as a springboard to get to where you are now and what it's open the the opportunities it's open for you absolutely absolutely well the when i when i talk about success it's still ha it's still within the same um region we were still so passionate about how can we get rid of these plastic bags you know we're importing them from across the world we're paying for the shipping of them the the, the damage to the environment. We did research on, I think, something like 100% of marine life tested, found microplastics somewhere within its body. And we're, we're a contributor of this and we, we feel deeply about it. So we were saying, okay, look, we've learned lessons from the, 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 from the leaflet. How else can we do it? Everyone has a phone. Everyone has a, a computer. Everyone has an internet connection. Let's utilize that. So what we what we set out to do was to create a, an app, a digital app that you have on your phone that you can request a collection in the name of your charity. You can pick which day is convenient to you. And you can even add a little message to the driver. So when he comes to pick it up, you can say, uh, the, the bag's just in my porch, you know, let yourself in, take it, or yeah. it's around the back, or I won't be in between 10 and 11, so come come outside those times. And we really wanted to be, we really wanted to do it in a way that was really easy, really simple to use, really convenient, hassle-free for the person who wants to, you know, got these, got these clothes to donate. Because some people, to an extent, they're like, I really want to support a charity, I just don't know how. I, can't, I haven't got time to take it to a charity shop. I don't really trust these plastic bags that get posted through my door because some people are like that. What can I do? So this is where we came up with this app. And again, Joe, 18 months of hard work went into the app before it even we even saw it on a screen. Yeah. And uh, the app, it's called Collect for All, which is the number four. You can download it now. It's in the App Store. It's in the Play Store. Um, you can choose... Uh, transformation for veterans charity to be able to donate to you can choose what day you want to put your bag out or have us come and collect it and this so far is being it's in the process of being a success um i want to make it a success i'm really passionate about it we uh worked so hard right so hard joe um i can't yeah, even, i know I can't even 
because there's the marketing of it. There is the the website we needed to build for it. The uh, app. There's teething problems with the app. There's problems we didn't think were ever going to come, and they came. Um, but that came through testing, and it's all been done ourselves. We haven't hired a big con- conglomerate business to to build this app for us. We've done it ourselves, and we've learned so many lessons along the way. Because um, we didn't have, we don't have the budget to pay for a, a, a big company to design it and make it look, you know, all sing and all dance. It does what it needs to do. It's simple. It's hassle free. It's convenient. And we've worked really hard on it. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing. And I know how resilient you guys are. And, and for instance, when you brought out the labels, I know there were other organisations hanging on your cocktails, yes, bringing out similar things to com- to compete against you using your IP, intellectual property, to to do it. And, and I dare say you're a leader now in the app. So I yeah. would imagine that someone and people listening to this podcast may think, oh, this is a blinking good idea. Let's do an app. But I mean, it's not as easy as that, is it's it? Not, not as easy. It's not as easy. There's so many, so much preparation that needs to go into it. And already, Joe, exactly what you're saying. There are other companies out there who are developing their own version of our app. Um but to me, that's only a good thing. It's a good thing for two reasons. One, they like it enough to copy it. And two, it, it's going to help stop manufacturing these plastic bags. Uh, we are very eco-friendly here. We try and be as economical as possible. Um, the app will help us calculate a really efficient route for a collection on that day instead of just driving around, you know, looking for these bags. But it's a compliment to have something copied. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly is. And and just give me the give me the app's name again, please. So you would search the word collect, collect. The number four, and the word all. Collect for all. So that's collect for all using the number four. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. There's there's a website as well. You if you don't have a smartphone, you can go on there. There's a a page. You just enter in your details, pick your collection date, and then we'll be along to pick it up. So this one, I said it's early success. It is only a trial at the moment. It is in the northeast of England only. When it succeeds, it will be rolled out nationally, and we will be able to collect from any corner of the of the country. uh, And well, that's our that's our goal, you know. Stop posting plastic bags. Use digital services, and let's move forward. Raise money together for charity, because we want to. We all want to do our part, and and using this app is really helping you do your part. And then, obviously, they can choose transformation for veterans as a charity to support, which yes. helps veterans and their loved ones, which is absolutely brilliant. So, moving on to how you communicate because for instance i I know we regularly have chats and 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 for instance um when things don't always go to right uh, and maybe someone's phoned up or emailed to to say well this didn't quite go so well then then that's dealt with immediately and there's always a great resolution so and that's because of a relationship we've built and, and also you've built with the Charity Transformation for Veterans. Yes. So how important do you think having a good social and business network is to life, business, and overall getting messages out there? Well, communication is the key. Everything can be resolved with, with effective communication. Um, we're a, 
a species of animal that has the ability to communicate with such a wide vocabulary and we should use it. And I think a lot of people forget that. You know, I think a lot of things, conflicts where they've ended up as we are see at the moment in Ukraine and in other parts of the world, I really think these could have been resolved with some communication. I really don't think it ever needed to escalate it the way it was. Um, it's really important for me um, to use my skills in communication. I've, I've worked in a lot of industries where, you know, for example, from every industry I've worked in, I've learned knowledge, brought that experience with me, everything from, as I mentioned in, in the beginning, working in insurance, working in education, working in banking. Um, and that's really helped me get, get to where I am today uh, with that level of communication and understanding and empathy. And, and you have to use all of those skills. Like you say, if there's a complaint, someone's not quite happy with the way something went, um, I speak to them straight away on the same day. If I can, I can speak to, I'll speak to them on the same day and I'll ring them up. If there's a phone number on that email address, I'll call them and I'll introduce myself, yeah. I'll explain who I am. I'll ask what the problem is. I'll listen to what the problem is. And then I'll go away and i do my best to fix it. Nine times out of 10, I can resolve it. If I can't, uh, I go back to them, I admit, I say, look, for whatever reason, this is, you know, this is the outcome. But I always call them back and, and people appreciate that. People appreciate you taking the time to listen because a lot of complaints, as someone wants to just get something off their chest, the complaint might not even be about us. It might not have generated, you know, originated from the, the action. It came from a few days before when they had a fallout with a family member or, you know, yeah. they lost someone close to them. That's the real cause. And this action has just escalated that and they've ended up in a position where they're going to take it out on you. So yeah. just sitting and listening and hearing what they have to say uh, uh, can can be enough. And that's, and that's, that's interesting because I think that so much because you touched on on Ukraine and Russia and and the way that people are sometimes I find that you know when you get an email and you think well oh, blinking it I'm getting on my high horse I'm going to send them one straight back or maybe a comment on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn and you yeah. take it completely the wrong way you don't know what's going on in the person's life who sent it you, you give it them back and some, and then it, a big fallout starts. And you, 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 if you were friends before, you certainly aren't anymore. And then you reflect and think, what was all that about? And 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 I think that sometimes it's always best just to write that email or write that tweet, write that post, and then just leave it. Do not yeah. press. Don't send it. Yeah. Don't send it. I think sometimes to me, I mean, uh, I look after all the complaints that come into ECS. When I say all, you know, there's not that many. But I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. <laughs> um, but I, I, I look after them, and and really, when you read that person's complaint, I, I might read it two or three times, because what I'm doing when I'm reading it is I'm hearing all the different ways it could have been said, because as you read something, you make a lot of assumptions. It can be assumptions on the capitalization of a certain word or the whole or the whole email. It can be um, that how it's written or anything, anything. So I'm, I'm reading it two or three times and to really understand how could it have been said? What's the best way for me to reply and move forward and action it? But a lot of the times, the best way is just picking up that phone, having a conversation. You say, hello, hello, Joe, it's James. I'm from ECS. Tell me how I can help. 
you know, and let them let, give them the opportunity to, yeah. to vent, let it out. You can really understand. You can understand uh, how to resolve it in your mind as the conversation's evolving. You're thinking to yourself, okay, I need to do this. I need to speak to that person. I need to get information from him or her. And this all really helps. So when you when they're finished speaking, you have that answer right there. There, because the last thing someone wants to hear when you make a, when they make a couple of it is, oh, I don't know. I don't know that, you know, or I have to ask someone that. You don't, you, there's no time for that. You need to have the info, as much information as possible there and then. Go away, find out what you need to find, but also set a realistic time scale. So you say, look, I'm going to call you back within. I'm going to speak to you and update you within. And if you can't, you don't have the information within that time, you still need to give a call to touch base and say, Joe, I'm really sorry, I haven't quite found this out yet. I'm still working on it. And I'll get back to you, and just just to keep people updated. Um, but that comes from a lot of organisational skills um, that I've acquired through different roles that I've um, performed, you know, throughout my professional career. Uh, and, and I really feel like communication, as I said at the beginning, is the key. It can yeah. fix anything. Wise words, there. Thank you for sharing that. And so, what I'm getting so what I'm getting so far is like you've had. A large experience that you started uh, with basketball work, work experience, then basketball professional career. And by the way, I think you underplayed that because no. your, your your goal was to become a professional player, which you actually did. You yes. actually achieved that, which is a difficult goal because I was a basketball referee, right? And I know how fast that game is. And to be good enough to be professional is a great achievement so I'll take my hat off to you on that one and then you worked in banking which was probably interesting and then other other organisations it was but I mean the banking it was to help people it was business banking I was involved in and it was to help with on on the loans department so I would have a small business come to me and say this is what I want to do you know this is what I this is where I want my business to be how can you help and I would move heaven and earth to try and get them the funds they needed or the advice they needed or anything that they needed. And I really loved that role. Uh, but then I just outgrew it and it was time to move yeah, on. Yeah. And, and, and so what, what I get from this is all this experience is, is, has now brought you to who you are now and being a director of a brilliant company, ECS, which is totally focused on helping charities. And, and all through that time, and I know this will probably resonate with you straight away when you think back to your basketball career and then also the people that you've met during your career. What's the importance of having a good coach or mentor? It's everything. It's everything. My coach, uh, our mentor, however you look at it, is our, our uh, CEO, our other director, Eli. He is so passionate and so focused, sees every detail, doesn't miss anything. And there are times I overlook things. There are times I make mistakes. Uh, and he really helps me, really supports me. He's really uh, helped me develop and grow into the person that I am. Uh, obviously, when I came to the business, he saw something in me that could really support his business. That's why he wanted me here. And I really appreciated that. Um, but to have the time from him, to learn from him, 
um, in everything that he does. He's so detailed. He is he is the best mentor that I can that I've had in my professional career. Um, we he also does play basketball. Um, that is also how we actually met originally in the first place was through basketball. So sport has brought me to where I am sat today through that. He's very competitive. He's very pushy. He's very. Um, but very fair, very sportsmanlike. You know, he, he. There are people out there who will try and trip you up and hurt yourself. Eli would never do that, and he would never do that in the professional capacity either. And he would never do that to to charities as well. A lot of people have this bad image of this these businesses, and he's the opposite of that. And he's a he's a trendsetter for that for other businesses like this not to be like that. Um, he is a great mentor. He is a great mentor. That's fabulous. And, and I know Eli personally as well. Yeah. And he, he is a, a great chap, uh, certainly. So, you know, I know that you haven't served in the military, which you openly admitted. The fact is we had conversations and you said that if life was started again, um, it might, that might be different. So yeah. on the basis that you have... Uh, military blood or a desire for military blood running through you, what would you say, because of course you've had your challenges during career, and obviously, hey, massive, uh, massive uh, challenge when you got injured and you could no longer be a professional player. So that's the same sort of thing as your career was taken away from you because of injury. Guys coming out of the military because of injury is also uh, of a similar vein, if that makes sense. So yes. what, what would it be your top tip to a, a veteran or someone leaving the military that will help them achieve the success in Civvy Street? I think for me, in, in what you said in your introduction to the question there, uh, there is military blood thrown, flowing through the veins. My, my grandfather, he was in, the, he was in a, a tank um, regiment. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Uh, he's passed away now. Otherwise, I would certainly be asking him more details about it. He told me a lot when I was a boy. Um, but So there is military blood there. My injury in what I did cannot be compared to being able to have the guts and the determination and the the honor to serve your country and be able to, to really put your life on the line to, to for your country for queen or well now for king and country um, so that I can't compare the, make a comparison between the two but I understand exactly what you mean um, my best tip to someone who has any injury that's coming out of service or someone who is just uh, struggling to get back into civilian life and understand that uh, this is the way forward for you now is you're not going to have that person shouting at you every day, telling you exactly what you need to do, telling you how you need to, you know, uh, dress and where and go and, and, and what to what to do exactly. So you have to become that person. You know exactly what they have done. You know what to expect. You hit, you've heard them every day for so long. You then, if you imagine becoming that person in your own head and you're telling yourself, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. And when you think, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go forward. Keep pushing forward. Keep applying for those jobs that you want to do. Keep up aiming for that goal that, where you want to be because you will get there. I know that um, there are injuries which are, are worse than others. Um, there's some things that set your limitations that you can't do. But with 
with determination, with uh, the right support network around you and communication, you can get to that goal or at least very, very close to it. Um, so I would say just keep pushing forward, keep doing as you did as we're in the military service. And people from the outside respect that and, and really admire it. I've been a hiring manager for different companies in the past, and if I receive a CV from someone who has military service on there, I want to interview them. I want to see them. I want to hear their story. I want to know what they can bring to the business because of what they've brought to the country. And I would hope that there are other people out there who would do the same. As soon as I see that military service, I want to see that person. I want to talk to them. Uh, and if can, if I can, I want to give them that job. I really wanted to. So that's that's my best advice. Keep pushing forward and you'll get there. And, and, oh, thank you. And that's great to hear as well because, you know, I, I've, I often chat with, with guys coming out of the military or, or veterans and sometimes just underestimate the skills that they've got. And this has been a common theme in yeah. every podcast I've done. I, I repeatedly touch on this and, and the guests like yourself, I can see you nodding. Uh, yeah, I am. I am. I've been in an interview situation and I've asked, you know, tell me about a stressful time and they might tell me where they've worked in an office and dropped some paperwork and I'm saying, well, hang on a minute, go back further than that. You've, yeah. been on a, you've been in a front line, you've handled, you've worked well under pressure that much, but tell me about that. That's what I want to hear. That's how you're going to really uh, su uh, succeed and move forward. That's the most high pressure situation. Your life is on the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and people do undersell themselves. Um, I've lived in different countries uh, for a little bit as well. And we are a country, we are a people, a nation of, of undersellers of themselves, um, not believing in ourselves. When you go to an interview, that's your time to blow your own trumpet and tell that employer, this is how good I am. This is how much you need me. And this is what I can do. This is what I will do. Um, yeah. That's what an employee wants to hear. They want to be. They want to have their socks knocked off by someone coming in, giving a firm handshake, sitting down, having a conversation. In this is what I'm going to do for you, uh, and and that's what we want. That's what employees want. Brilliant. And 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 it's as if you've you've written the script, James. Because my uh, last point that I want to chat about is the skills that guys in the military learn. Guys being male, female, and how transferable they are to CVC. Because you were touching on when you were interviewing guys coming out of the military or, or guys who are ex-military and are looking mm -hmm. for a job. What, what were you looking for and how transferable did you think the skills were and are? Every skill is transferable. It's just about how you use it. The first thing that you were, were, were instructed to do when you're in military service, when you're on barracks, is you've got to make your bed. First, first task of the day, make your bed, that task is done, you can move on to the next one. Um, it's what about what it is about for me is being able to say in the workplace, can you get a task done, finish it, complete it and move on to the next one. In every role, doesn't matter what the role is, if you're standing packing boxes or you're trying to run a business, there are still jobs that you need to do that to finish up and move on. So main thing is organizational skills, Obviously, within the military, you're going to get that, uh, and and a, and a focus. You can, everything else, you can the intangibles within the job itself, you can learn. Anyone can learn. Yeah. But being able to bring that passion and that focus and that discipline 
to the business because um, these things are infectious. Uh, negativity and positivity is infectious within the workforce. Unfortunately, negativity spreads more quickly, as we as we all know. But positivity will spread. Focus will spread. Uh, energy will spread. And once other staff members see you being like this, they're going to think, "Oh God, he's working. He's making us look bad. He's working with that much. Or she is working, you know, that much harder. We need to up our game." Or they're going to make a joke and say, "Oh come on, you're making us look bad." But you know what? I've come here to do a job. It's what I'm paid to do. And uh, I'm going to do the best job I can do. And, and that's what we want as employees, absolutely. And that's great feedback. And, and you being in a position where you've hired uh, people and you've spoken and to applicants who are coming out of the military or ex-military, that you've really honed in on how valuable the transferable skills, like, as you say, res- responsibility, reliability, punctuality, all of that stuff. Oh. Yeah. And and that's not necessarily taught at school. That's no. something that's a culture. Yes, it is a culture. There's so many things that were not taught taught at school, and that's maybe a chat for another day because there's so much to, to touch upon. But yeah. uh, I did. Uh, I work. I, I was a hiring manager for a call center, for example. I'm just going to give you one quick example. Yeah. And um, I think it was. It must have been. It must have been 2012 because I'm sure that's when we held the Olympics. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and one of the things that we gave to all staff was just some little goodies, just some little things to to um, keep morale up. And one of the things we gave was a stopwatch, because for the run of the athletics, it was all connected to the Olympics. And one of the guys who was ex-military service who had hired used that stopwatch for his breaks, used because you get a 15-minute break and you get a 30-minute break, and sometimes. You can lose track of time. He used that stopwatch. So he used his own ability to recognize when there's a tool that can help him do his job and get him back to his post where he needed to be. He, he, he used it for that. No one else, no one else in the entire company. And that was over 2,000 people. Most of them was probably still in their drawer now. <laughs> you yeah. know, and they were not used. He used it and he used it for a purpose. And that was never the intended purpose, but he found a tool to help him do his job better and he used it. That's great feedback. Wow, thank you. Yeah, and there, there's a real live example of how the discipline and the ability to recognise how how things can be used as yeah. a tool. And, and so finally, knowing what you know and the journey you've been on, and we've talked about successes, failures, mentors, coaches, what you can use, how you can use it, what would be the one tip that you would give to someone in business, someone a veteran, someone coming out of the military to make them that bit better? I think for me, it comes from something that uh, I learned from my mentor, from Eli. It's to always think before you make a decision, you have to think and you have to think four, five, six steps ahead. So every decision you make, try and think not only what will happen next, what will happen because of that and what could happen because of that. And it's very much ends up like a bit of a, um, I can't think of the word, but a bit of like a, it's, it spreads out. It'll start at, like a pyramid. So it'll start off the top of the pyramid is the one decision. And then that decision that may have two outcomes, but that those decisions may have two outcomes themselves. And it'll keep growing and keep growing. And where do you want to be 
by get by making this decision where do you want to be what what outcome do you want how can you then follow those decision steps to get to where you want to be and i know it sounds it it, it sounded odd to me at first because i didn't it didn't resonate and then when i really started to use that uh, method use it think about what will happen if i do this what will happen and then what will happen? And then what will happen? It is only guessing. You don't actually know, but you can give yourself a really good idea because then you can predict what's about to happen. So then you can react faster when it does happen. Um, this is what the advice I, I would share. And it's it's because of him. It's because of Eli um, that I've learned this. And it has helped. It really has helped. That's brilliant. And, you know, that's like, because what I was thinking about as you were saying that, that's like uh, the snooker player or the pool player when they yeah. step up, their, their first decision is to win the game. Yeah. Then when they break the pack, then it's about what the next shot is. But not only that, what the fifth shot is after the next shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So when you make a new decision, it's where you're going to hit that white ball. Are you hitting it on the side, at the top, the bottom, whatever? Yeah. And where do you need that ball to be to hit the next shot? And 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 it's very similar with with life, making this decision. Where is that going to lead you? Ready for your next shot? Uh, and that's the best advice I would give. give to you. That that's fantastic. So James, thank you so much for today. And and you know, every time I do this th- these sessions of standing on the shoulder of giants, I just think that we are today where we are because of the people who have gone before us, the giants, if you like. So thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to us speaking again. And until the next time, have a brilliant day. Thanks, Joe. Have a good one.